You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, July 28th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or more recently launched Just Baseball, uh, or maybe Pop Culture Entertainment might be sort of your thing. Well, in that case, I've written for places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blade Disgusting, Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, you can check out the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you and message you and interact with you and what have you. I was doing that a lot for last night's game, and last night's game was a lot of fun. But first, before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this week on Sunday. Sunday for the start of the the game. I think it's going to be Sunday because I got a, a birthday weekend uh, coming up. So there's some some plans. So I won't be available Friday. I won't be available Saturday. So we're going to try and do Sunday. Spotify Greenroom changing the way we talk sports. For today's episode, guys, we're going to be talking a little bit about last night's game, the debut of Adam Frazier. Just some thoughts on all that uh, against these Oakland A's, which is definitely a decent team uh, for sure. And then going to be continuing my crossover with Mr. Jason Burke of Locked On A's. Uh, just, just, just fun stuff, just fun stuff. So let's get into it. The game literally just finished and I am tired. As you guys know, I am on the East coast. So it is a lot later for me in the night to be doing this, but alas, the grind don't stop ladies and gentlemen. And it did not, you know, stop for the Padres either as they played this game. They didn't, I mean, it kind of did stop. They had an off day yesterday, but, uh, or on Monday, I should say, uh, but they won this game seven to four guys. It was a game that was started by Mr. Chris Paddock, who has been a little bit of a up and down guy. I talked about it with Jason the other day on the podcast and, uh, you know, just mentioning he's, he's been inconsistent. This is a guy that gets absolutely, you know, hit up against by Washington. He gets hit by Philly. He gets hit by Arizona of all teams, Arizona, one of the worst in the league. But he bounces back for his second consecutive. It was an okay start, I think, by Chris Paddock. You know, six innings, only allowing three runs is solid. Only walked one again. One of the redeeming qualities about Chris Paddock is he has really good control this year. That is, that's excellent. He's not walking a lot of batters. Uh, but still did give up nine hits and some hard hit ones too. He basically had one bad inning in this game where he allowed the three runs. It was in the top of the third. Um which, of course, sent Padres Twitter into a spiral, acting like the game's over and that we're terrible and that this team needs to change so badly, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, if not for, like, Matt Olson, he hit a ball really hard at one point with the bases loaded and one out. Uh, so I do think that Paddock was... It was more of a statistical thing where, yeah, you look at the the numbers. I don't mind if he goes six innings and gives up three runs, but nine hits. And I know he struck out six, but still, especially with the A's struggling, not all that impressive of a start, at least in my opinion. I think they were hitting him hard, but even still, hey, got the job done, I guess you could say. Uh, so second straight time, he's been okay and not disastrous. But really, tonight was about the offense, guys. And it was not just about the offense in terms of what they did. We could talk about that in a second. But also the actual lineup 
Adam Frazier makes his debut uh, for the Padres today, and he does uh, he does Adam Frazier things. He goes two for five, starts off with an infield single, which was lovely uh, to see. I made a point on Twitter how he looks like Adam Scott, uh, which I just realized. I imagine that's not an original thought, but hey, I, I imagine Pirates fans had already thought that, for example, but uh, it was really cool to see him in the lineup, see him talking with Tatis and all that. And after that hit, the second hit, I should say. After he's able to get on base, we get a mammoth home run in this game from Fernando Tatis Jr. going 440 feet. And it's like, he's had plenty of impressive home runs, but I'd argue that that was one of the hardest like hit ones. Just to, it, was, it wasn't a pitch that was like right down the middle. It was a little bit down uh, on the plate, but still, it was the type of pitch that he kills. And he did just that. It was lovely. He, he does not just a bat flip. He does a f- eight... 360, a 720 bat flip. You know, he absolutely flings that thing. It was great. And it happens after that top of the third inning in which Paddock was uh, giving up the three runs. And then all of a sudden, you know, Padres Twitter's back in on it. You know what I'm saying? All the fans are back. Don't give up on this team with this offense so quickly into the game. Stop. Unless we're down by like, I don't know, 10, 9. Then I like get if you're being a little bit more pessimistic. But even still... Um, in terms of the Tatis home run, this tweet coming from Sarah Lang, uh, slangs on sports on Twitter. Great follow for everybody, especially if you're into stat stuff. Fernando Tatis Jr. just hit his 70th career home run. He has 50 stolen bases too. He's the only player since at least 19 voice crack. He's the only player since at least 1901 with 70 plus home runs and 50 plus stolen bases in his first 227 games. Only other player to do that in any 227 game span. Barry Bonds. You ever heard of him? Yeah. Barry Bonds was quite the player. So that's a great stat from Sarah Lang. Uh, and it was just in general a pretty good game, right? It was a pretty good game. You also get a huge uh, bases loaded hit from Mr. Jake the Rate Cronenworth. We are not Cronenworthy. Oh, man. I'm feeling excited after last night's game, guys. I don't know what to say. It might be late, but I'm feeling it. Uh, Jake Cronen God uh, getting the hit. Whatever, uh, you know saying of his name you want um he gets a big hit in this game and it's interesting i only bring this up because some people have been theorizing after the adam frazier trade that they would trade jake cronenworth uh no that's not happening guys i would be absolutely shocked they would have to get like a top 20 player in baseball and the reason i say that is not because cronenworth himself is necessarily like a top 20 player but i mean if you just go look up that Fangraphs article they literally ranked him as the 20th best asset in baseball because if you look at that contract he doesn't become off the books until 2025 and they're not paying him all that much this was not some first round kumar rocker jack lighter you know type of signing that costs a good amount right uh it's just an incredible value and the fact that he plays multiple positions trust me they are not trading jake Cronenworth. so nobody fear of that he played uh second base in today's game adam frazier actually played left field and then tommy fam went to right field uh myers got the day off so i'm very curious to see how jace tingler works this lineup right that's one of the big questions because i love the idea of having frazier and Cronenworth in the lineup because it's two guys that do not win at pitchers there tough outs yes they don't have the biggest pop in the world especially Frazier he just only got like four home runs on the year but um definitely one of those guys that's just a batting average guy right even more so than Jake Cronenworth he's got 325 this year and he showed it by getting two hits in tonight's game um but at the same time I wonder if having two guys very similar bats very similar profiles in terms of the whiff uh type of stuff in terms of just not having as much power having that in the lineup twice is that something necessary the Padres want to do 
I don't know. But bottom line is it's a super utility role. I imagine they're going to have him playing a whole, whole lot, and I can't wait to see what they do. And, of course, we have to see what they end up doing with Hosmer. But last highlight of the game that must be mentioned is after that big hit from Jake Cronenworth that brought in a run, uh, the bases loaded, uh, one out hit, I should say. Uh, then Manny Machado hits a home run. He had been fine over his last 10 games. He had an, a, an OPS about 835, uh, but he hadn't been walking at all, which was weird for him, but batting 278, so he wasn't terrible, just not walking all that much. And he hits a huge home run for us, three-run home run in this game, which ends up kind of being the final, uh, not nail in the coffin, it's not like the, this was at the end of the game, but kind of like the final scoring for the Pirates as they win 7-4, like I said. Love to see Manny going. Really, Manny really did just have like a very slow but not concerning uh, start to the season. He might have been getting a little bit unlucky. I actually think his BABIP was quite low. I think it was hovering around like 260, 270, which isn't like obscenely low, but it definitely wasn't, you know, super high, right? You know, uh, so we don't have to get down too much into that rabbit hole. I don't think anybody. None of you guys that listen to this podcast certainly were concerned about Manny. They just really wanted him to get it going. I think that that was the thing, right? They were concerned. It's not like he was striking out more. It's not like he was hitting everything on the ground or anything like that. There wasn't any immediate concerns, and he's just been he's been back. So this Padres lineup is one that you don't give up in whatsoever, and I'm very curious to see what happens in tomorrow's start. It's a little bit of an earlier game, or I should say today's start. That's why I have to record this episode now uh, and get it out for you guys. Um, it is Blake Snell pitching. So we'll have to see if Blake Snell versus Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya is a pretty good pitcher for Oakland, so if they're able to beat them with their – I'd say they're two most inconsistent starters. Uh, that would be a huge win for the Padres, especially because they'll play Rockies for three more games, and then they go back to the A's for two, and then it's basically smooth sailing for the next 20-ish games. They play the Marlins again. They play the Rockies again. They play the Diamondbacks. Like It's a, a pretty easy schedule, so here's hoping that they can uh, win today's game, guys. Uh, but with that all said, that kind of does it for my thoughts on last night's game. Can't wait to see, you know, how they experiment with the lineup and stuff. It should be really fun to see over the coming days because Jay Singler loves moving the lineup around. Fam was batting Lulov for the longest time, but now he's batting, you know, like sixth behind Hosmer, which is weird. But, hey, if the Padres keep winning... I don't really have beef with it at all. Uh, And with that all said, guys, before we move on, let me just talk to you about Spotify Green Room. That is right, everybody. Uh, It is a great app. I love it. I love it. It's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. It's free to download, and once you're in, you can join all sorts of groups and you know conversations about sports, even insiders and stuff, including uh, me, Locked On Pirates. I'll be hosting uh, rooms once a week all season long. It's really cool. You can join in on the action that you basically hear on this podcast, uh, and it's really cool. I love how easily accessible it is. You literally just download the app, speak into the phone, you know, join rooms and stuff like that, and you're in. It's really cool. It's uh, very social and lovely. Be sure to join me this week, Sunday, for Sunday's game against the Rockies at 4, 10 p.m. Eastern time. So be sure to join in on that. You know, it'll be the first time that you guys have a chance to talk to me and interact with me since uh, the trade deadline uh, closes on Friday. So that should be a a whole lot of fun, guys. Uh, Be sure to download it free on whatever app store that you use. Follow me on there at Javier Reyes, J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S. And that way, when you follow me on there, you'll be notified when I go live. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. And one more message, guys, and we're going back to Jason. Uh, What other moves, what are you expecting and what are you hoping for, I guess is my question. I'm expecting 
I'm expecting the same as what I'm hoping for. I, I know that sounds crazy, but I just, I just think Preller doesn't mess around, man. Like I really, really do. I, every, and I've actually been one of those guys who's like, like, all right, last season, off season, I'm like, all right, maybe you go get an Odorizzi, maybe you get a Taiwan Walker, which actually turned out pretty good yeah. for the bets. Um, I am happy about that call that I made, but I was like, I think you just bolstered a depth and then you wait for the year after Mackenzie Gore, who now hasn't looked very good, but you you assume that he starts coming up and then you get Clevenger the next year. And instead you just have a pretty good team heading into this year. And instead they go for Musgrove, Snell, and you Darvish. So like, I don't, know how to like I don't want to be that guy but like it's it's I just am expecting them to get a a pretty important player I think that Adam Frazier is nice maybe he'll keep it up like you said the bat pip is a little bit high I think it's around like 350 right now but maybe he's just one of those guys that's going to hit the snot out of the ball for singles and doubles all day uh, which would be very nice for the team and maybe we'll see again we don't have to re relitigate the whole Hosmer thing um I'm expecting a starter I think the the question is what's the quality you know what I mean and I was just talking with um Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies that if Jason, if you don't mind, if, if I can also reshare my, my take and be a little bit of a jackass because that's <laughs> what my take lately. <laughs> so my beef is with the Mets fans right now. Okay. So I have a beef and my beef is that I, I started this in our lockdown chat the other day, but I, I love Ryan Finkelstein. That's the homie. And I, even my other one friend, Anthony, he was bringing this up, but like, I don't want to hear a team that has Stroman, Taiwan Walker, Jacob deGrom, Carlos Carrasco, recently Rich Hill, and then this McGill guy who might be great, who just shut down the Blue Jays over the weekend, and then potentially Syndergaard coming back at some point, that you're in dire need of starting pitching. Last time I checked, you're second to last in the league in runs. How the hell is that? Your and, and don't get me wrong. You could want a starting pitcher. I think we should start, you know, separating it into tiers are you a tier one need an ace like say the blue jays right like that's a team that has all the offenses they're in dire stars need to rely of on. pitching yeah but it's like what are, what are we doing what are you talking about this isn't then every team in the league is in dire need of pitching it's just welcome to the trade market go get a guy that go get a Tyler Anderson to give you some itch innings, but they're all, they're all saying we need Max Scherzer. It's like, no, 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 you don't. Your team's really good. It's just that your offense has not performed well enough. And yeah, you've had some injuries. I get it. And it's not a guarantee that Carrasco comes back, but it's like, yeah, there's not a guarantee that Adam Frazier keeps us up. There's not a guarantee that Joey Gallo, wherever he ends up is great. There's not a guarantee that Trevor story, wherever he ends up is great. There is not a guarantee that anything holds up from what we've seen. Welcome to sports. So my beef is with the Mets fans. I think that there's never been a team that's five deep with all stars. And I think you guys just need to learn how to hit better and that, that, that would help. And it's pretty hilarious because your division isn't great. So I have a beef with the Mets fans. Stop acting like the only way to resolve your team need is getting the best pitcher on the market. That's my only beef. So I'll leave it my, at that. My guess would be that they're freaking out that DeGrom's not going to be healthy for the playoffs. So that's mm -hmm. why they're like, how do we compete without the best pitcher of a generation? I have mm -hmm. no idea. We need Scherzer is my guess. But mm -hmm. at the same time, we saw that the Cincinnati Reds and all of the teams in the Central last year made it to the playoffs could not score runs and all were eliminated from the playoffs very, very quickly. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you can't score runs in the playoffs, you're not going to win games. So uh, you can limit them to, you know, one or zero or whatever, but you need to be able to score too. And I don't know that they, they need to do something, but they also have some nice bats. I don't know who you would take out of that lineup necessarily. So 
uh, unless it's um, former MVP candidate Kevin Pillar. <laughs> just but, uh, just yeah. incredible stuff from Kevin Pillar. Shout out to my guy, <laughs> future Marlin. I think that's what's going to happen there. So I think that my uh, my thing, what you said that uh, you always uh, expect one thing with the Padres, you know, with their rotation, mm-hmm. and then they get you know something even better. So I always you're, exceed my you're expectations. Expecting yeah. Joey Gallo, but then they're going to end up with like Juan Soto is my prediction. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They'll get Soto and then as a throw in, they'll get Starling Marte too. Yeah, (laughs) that's what will happen with the Rodgers. I was thinking uh, Starling Castro. I was like, no, he, you don't want him. And I was like, no, no, Starling Marte. (laughs) He's okay. He's okay. (laughs) He had had us in the first half. Not going to (laughs) lie. You got to, you got to listen to the whole thing, Jason. That's uh, that's how this works. That's That's how this works. But man, yeah. yeah. But now I feel like since we've fully kind of transitioned into that after I got on my soapbox for a little bit, what, how are you feeling about the A's? Because it's a good team. There's a lot of depth there. It feels like every position that they've got the double mats. I know Chapman's been very disappointing this year, which makes me sad considering he was an MVP candidate for, if I'm not mistaken, he had two seasons where he's basically like a, an MVP quality player, especially with the glove and the, the, the power, especially, um, and instead, it's, it seems like it's just Matt Olson right now, who is rad and rules, even though his batting stance is very weird to me. It's I, I, I wish I saw it more consistently that I'd probably get used to it. But it just it looks like me when I'm walking around the house, like trying to like, you know, swat a fly and I'm just holding the, the broom and I'm like, <laughs> like, you know, trying to do that. That's what it looks like with Matt Olson. Wait, but you, you swat with your flies team. with brooms? Not, not a fly. Let's like get you know, into a, that. A, a big fly, you know, like a, a big thing something big that requires a broom, whatever the broom was supposed to be the bat. You know what I'm saying? All right. No, no, uh, but yeah. <laughs> you you acted just... it out very well. I understood what you were saying, but I'm just questioning your methods of fly attacking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, look, you do what you got to do when you're at war. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but, and the other thing is, is Elvis Adgers, right? I feel like that. I imagine you get this question all the time, but kind of a little bit of a black hole there where, you know, I wonder, first of all, how does it feel seeing, you know, Marcus Simeon, who's just been rad uh, over it. I've been using that word a lot, but he's been, you know, turning up in Toronto. Part of that could be ballpark stuff for sure, but certainly has been better than Elvis Andrews. And I'm wondering, you know, Trevor Story is the obvious name that people keep throwing out there. Maybe, uh, I don't know, they say Trey Turner might be on the market. I don't know what that would cost. What kind of A's like trade market team are we looking at are we looking at a team that's the past couple years which has been we're going to sit here and never spend money ever trevor story costs too much even though it's only three months or is it like that one year where they trade for john lester and make the cespedes trade right what kind of a's what is their mindset what is their mood and i guess right now it, it it depends on where you're looking because uh, Ken mm-hmm. Rosenthal reported that uh, some executives were speculating that the A's were going to push all of their chips in, really make a, a splash and, you know, address all of their needs. Uh, and that would be nice. And then you have uh, Sheena Rubin, a local beat reporter, saying that it just doesn't look like uh, John Fisher, the A's owner, wants to spend any money, which is not how you push chips in. So. I don't know. Their, their payroll is still, I think, $10 million under what it usually is. So they theoretically have space to spend money if they want to. Um, and Elvis Andres has been, uh, he's hitting like 250 over his last 30. So that's not great. But he had been hitting like 280, 290 over his last 30 for a while. He's The last week hasn't been as good for him. But um, he, he doesn't have the power that uh, Marcus has had and does have this season. But he's been 
pretty decent and he's just you know a fun loving guy he's great for the clubhouse which is kind mm-hmm. of underrated i think a lot in today's game mm-hmm. so he's been good but could they use an upgrade if they got you know one of the shortstops you know uh, story or javi Baez? i think would be a great just bolt of energy thrown into this clubhouse and i think that he'd be great in oakland mm-hmm. um or you know tri- Trey Turner's not coming here because that, that would cost too much. But, uh, mm-hmm. and also he'd be there for next year too. And uh, they, they don't like committing money, but, uh, but if they got one of those two guys, maybe you have uh, Elvis Salado over at second base. And then you have Jed Lowry play a little bit more DH, keep mm-hmm. him healthy. Cause he is a, a big integral part of this A's offense uh, when he's going right. And mm-hmm. they need an upgrade at DH. So that could help out there. Uh, I, they need a right fielder. That, that can do yeah. something because they, they're not doing it right now and uh that they could use some some bullpen help but the, the starting rotation is actually pretty decent if they can stay healthy they're yeah. fine so yeah. they're looking okay and that gives me a little bit of hope it feels like this team is like a couple of pieces away of like a jolt and mm-hmm. then they might be a different team than we've seen but um they, they if they went out and got like Kimbrel and Chris Bryant or Kimbrel and uh Javi Baez or Richard Rodriguez and you know somebody that was a big nice offensive bat mm-hmm. then I I feel pretty good but uh after the three losses to the Mariners a lot of Ace fandom is like should we just sell at this point should we sell Canna should we sell you know all of these guys that are on one year deals uh, or that you know have expiring contracts because they're they're not doing it right now and I feel like you know a five game win streak if they wouldn't, not, not to be mean, but if they beat the Padres two games and then they get mm-hmm. four games against the Los Angeles Angels, who they've had no problems with this year, mm-hmm. if they, you know, beat the Padres, you could have a very nice week and be looking a lot better than you look right now. It's mm-hmm. just one good week, which is the entire complexion of the season. And uh, I, we'll see if they can do it. They're, they're going to be taking a dip in the San Diego beaches, uh, trying to, <laughs> you know, wash some of the stank away and uh we'll, we'll see if that you know helps them out on the field in san diego but they, they could they could dip in a bunch of different ways but um it, it looks like it's probably going to be more the the mike minor tommy lasella route than the joey gallo and uh you know craig kimbrell route but i've been oh, i'm bad. hoping for the big splash because this is usually the off season when they would trade guys like Olson and Chapman and Loriano and, you know, their pieces right now. And if you're going to tear it down, tear it all the way down. It, Cause this, uh, you know, trying to go from, you know, uh, 85 wins to 72 wins. I'm like, that's not doing anything. You, you got to tear it down all the way and, you know, re- really replenish that farm system because it's not great right now. They got some talent, but, overall it's not you know on the same level as the Padres or the Rays or uh, even the Mariners who are coming up behind them right now so they got to rebuild and uh, you know retool for another day hold up a minute hold up a minute hold up a minute ladies and gentlemen what are the greatest tasting protein bars in the world they are the built bars ladies and gentlemen they are lovely covered in 100% chocolate soft and easy to chew but most importantly great variety of flavors. They've got everything you could want from coconut to cherry barcia to cookies and cream, German chocolate, orange, strawberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, <gasps> and they've got all these limited time flavors that come in every now and then that you're going to love from carrot cake to 
grasshopper cookie, all sorts of really good stuff. And best of all, guys, like I said, they're protein bars, so they're also healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. So what are you waiting for, guys? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, I mean, and it's sad hearing you say all that because, you know, I, I mean, I, made, I took the pot shots before, but it's true. It's just sad that this is a team that's like, we have to hit on all of our prospects and we have to win in three years, apparently. And that's all the time we have. Mm-hmm. Or else you're talking about like, you so casually kind of threw out there that this is the type of offseason we trade about all. Vladdy Jr. is probably like the most impressive first baseman of baseball this year, which is really sad. Like, it's really sad to see that, that that's basically the A's sort of mindset because, they refuse to spend anything. The fact that Trevor's story, guys like that, would cost too much, even though it's literally only for this season, is kind of heartbreaking. Two months, I mean, it'd be like $4 million. It's not like you're asking a lot. And that's why on paper, it feels like, hey, if they wanted to make some moves, they could. They could spend $10 million and have a legitimate shot at winning a World Series, but our owner does not want to do that. And they're only, yeah. only spending like $85 million. It's not like they're close to the luxury tax. I mean, maybe you could reunite with Robbie Grossman. Uh, who I'm a big okay. fan of. He's good. Yeah. He's not bad. Maybe you get Robbie Grossman and then get a star. I don't. I don't know. But I'm just. I'm just trying to be positive because look, as the in terms of the Padres' perspective, they were in kind of that A's thing. Now I think the A's have a lot more money than people like to. The powers that be want to let you know that they have for sure. Oh, but like the Padres, <laughs> yeah, they have way more than I think they they make you think because of Moneyball, which I think is a brilliant movie, but it also was very deceptive and i think it gave people the wrong lessons in a lot of ways um that you, you look at the padres it's like well they were they were like that too at one point and then new ownership came in and aj probably came in and he's like i got an idea will myers justin upton craig kimbrell like did it work no but at least it was like you threw the darts the a's they just kind of have the darts and they're like what if we just sat back and had one beer and just saw what happened you know what i mean <laughs> it's like you know home. what you know who gets the, the girl, you know who gets the guy, whatever, the guy who goes out there, you know what I mean? You, you throw yourself on the line. Could it blow up in your face? Sure. But if you're just going to keep regurgitating, keep recycling until planning for this so-called next time, this next opportunity, oh, well, we're, we're planning for 2025. Well, 2025 is going to come along and then you're going to be planning for 2028. At that point, it's just like you, you feel like you're stuck in limbo and it's, it's really kind of unfortunate. It's super fun. We, we, we love it. Um, they, they keep saying, once we get this ballpark built, we're going to start spending money, maybe like $150 million. I'm like, yeah, that, that if they spend $150 million on this roster each and every year, they would be perennial contenders. They, they would be yeah. on the same level as the Yankees without having to spend as much money as the Yankees or the Astros or whatever team you want to pick. They can, because mm-hmm. they have the, the, the parts in place to be a legitimate contender each and every year. They just don't have the latitudes to, you know, re-sign guys for longer uh, periods of time or, you know, go out and get those pieces when they need to. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's really the detriment right now is if they had like an extra $30 million to spend, uh, you know, each and every year and they got up to like 120 or 110, they could, they could make some moves. They could have got, they could have addressed the bullpen better than the, what they did. They wouldn't have had to get Trevor Rosenthal in this weird deal. And then I know that it, he, <laughs> it's not that he got hurt on purpose or anything, but uh, you know, he had uh, the 
thoracic outlet, I think. Um, so that was just a weird happenstance thing that happened. And that was, you know, $10 million. And that's one, one eighth of the A's, uh, you know, uh, salary this year. That's a lot of money for the A's to be spending on one guy. And uh, they, they used it on the wrong that guy. They could have used it on any number of relievers because there were Brad hand was available. How's he been? I don't know, but he's, but he's pitching. So that's something yeah. he's better than Sam mole right now. Yeah. Who, uh, he has got so Trevino uh, or whoever the heck you guys are throwing out there. He's good. You guys were using, he's the closer right now. <laughs> who was, who was the other guy you guys had to use for a second formerly of the giants. I forgot his name though. Uh, Sergio Robo. Was that who it was? Yeah, it was? No, he's been fantastic <laughs> lately. He's been oh, lately. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. But I know he struggled at one point. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was not good at the beginning and fans were like DFA him. I'm like, it's the first month of the season. He's been around. (laughs) They said, hey, I could relate to that. They said DFA Tommy fan at one point. So, but yeah. Okay. Good job, guys. Tommy fan. (laughs) Famously not a player that every opposing team is like, oh, good God. I have to face this guy now. (laughs) It's a guaranteed five pitch at bat. Freaking shoot me right now. Like, yeah, he's he's a menace and he's been great ever since. Yeah, he's been wonderful. And uh, mm. yeah, so uh, w- we don't know what's going on. There was rumors uh, today as we're recording this on Monday that the A's are, you know, really interested in Richard Rodriguez. But I and he was one of the guys that I pointed to at the beginning of the season or, you know, a couple of months in because I'm like, they're going to be selling. I can look at Richard Rodriguez. He's been good. He has years of control. That's great. Do the A's want the control? Not necessarily unless they're going to trade him again, but hmm, uh, that's for another day. Um, but he's really good against right-handed batters and doesn't allow that many hits and if you're if you want to contend with the Astros or the Yankees if they got back into it or whoever the the, the White Sox they're another right-handed heavy team you're going to need somebody like that in your bullpen and I think that he'd be a good fit but I feel like everybody wants him and they don't feel like the A's are going to have the best package so uh, I kind of pushed him to the side uh, in my mind a while ago and now apparently they want him so that's interesting to me and it it doesn't speak a lot to how they're approaching the deadline and where I think that they are in the competitive cycle and trading guys away. So it's strange. I think that it's just a rumor. I don't know that it's going to happen, but uh, if it happened, I'd be stoked, but is it enough? Not necessarily. They still have some other areas to address that uh, maybe even like a Taylor Rogers from uh, the twins, because they could use another solid lefty uh, mm. that's more consistent and throws strikes and not Jake Diekman. Um, And that would be nice, but mm-hmm. um, you know, give me a bet, give me a righty and a lefty and uh, well, I'll ride that out. I will be happy to do that, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. No, I'm so sad, Jason, Uh, (laughs) but I guess, I guess I feel like before we close things up, I feel like you want to talk about just like, I guess independently of all this, just the trade deadline in general, what are you kind of excited to see? Do you have like a gun to your head, like trade you definitely think is going to happen? Or do you think there's going to be any surprises or what have you? What have you been hearing out and not just the Oakland, the Oakland land, Oakland realm, but just the general baseball, I guess. Uh, I am pretty sure that the blue Jays are going to trade for a pitcher, um, which one I have no idea. I've been saying yeah. Herman Marquez, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be yeah, moved he's anywhere. Only so, good pitcher they've had in like forever. I actually think that it's somewhat for believe it or not, it would actually be the rare smart move. I think that the Rockies make if they kept yeah. him. And it, he, has, he has like three more years of control. I thought that it was yeah. a free agent at the end of the year. I'm like, or, you I know, had like too. one year. I thought he was 30. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what is going on? So I was putting him on the angels. If you know, they happen to be good and they're not. So screw them. Uh, but the blue Jays, it, they're going to get some sort of pitching, whether that's Max Scherzer or if he actually gets traded or wherever, wherever Max Scherzer wants to go is where he ends up. 
Um, but yeah, I think that the Blue Jays need to add some pitching, which is not good for the A's because the, the Blue Jays are behind them in the wild card race too. So that that seems like their easiest path to making it to the playoffs is catching the A's. So the A's need to do some stuff. And one thing that I'm a little bit worried about right now is uh, if, if the Mariners go and make a move because they're in the same division and they're only a game and a half back of uh, the A's right now. If the Mariners went and made a move that helped them both this season and, you know, in the next two or three years, then maybe the eight that could, you know, spurn the A's to actually start selling some pieces because uh, their window is closing. Then they got two teams to compete with as opposed to just the Astros and hoping for a wild card spot. So we'll see, I guess. But what move do you think is going to happen? I think that. I think the Dodgers, and I don't know if this is how trades work. I think the <laughs> Padres get somebody, but then I think the Dodgers respond and get Scherzer. It's oh. my greatest fear, but because the Dodgers are whack, um, they're going to ruin the fun of whatever the Padres try to do. Similar to how they, you know, the Padres made all those improvements, but then they went outside Trevor Bauer, who I know, you know, that's, but that's the big thing though, is they don't have Bauer. They don't have Dustin May. Kershaw is, you know, not getting any younger, even though if he is good, um, and especially come postseason, we've all seen that he's not exactly the most trustworthy guy in the postseason, even if he has a great team behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really think that that's what it's going to happen. I honestly could see, like, I could see in my head, like, a Barrios to San Diego, but then Scherzer to the L.A. Uh, I, I really do. I, I just feels right. I feel like Scherzer is the better pitcher for sure. Uh, but then the the control over Barrios might be one of the reasons the Padres gravitate towards him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. I don't know for sure. I'm seeing all these funny like reports, like the Yankees fans talking themselves into any Clint Frazier, Miguel and Duhar combination that will get them, you know, Cattell Marte, apparently they think is what they're going to get. But I actually think there's a good chance we see nothing from the Yankees. We see like them get a reliever, like not even a reliever, just a guy. So they got Tim LaCastro the other day. Mm-hmm. They get like some small thing because they don't really have too much that they can do necessarily. And I think we just see the fans lose their minds. And I think we also see the Mets fans lose their minds after they only trade, only trade for like Tyler Anderson and decide, you know what? I think we have six pretty good pitchers. Uh, we'll see if DeGrom comes back for postseason. If I were them, you just try and tread water and hope that he comes back by then. And then, you know, I know that's an awful situation, awful situation to only have five good pitchers in New York, but I think that they hopefully try and make a move and maybe get Chris Bryant. I think that would actually be really helpful for them. I think that what I, all I'm really rooting for is that Yankees fans to lose their minds. And that's, that would make me happy. I think that'd be nice. Also, if the Red Sox decided to fall apart, that'd be great. But they got Chris Sale coming that back. So lovely. I don't think that it's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to make me sad because out of all the teams that have suffered setbacks uh, with their starting pitchers, whether it be Soroka or Syndergaard or Carrasco a little bit, all these guys, I guarantee you, like I've said before, there's no baseball guides. They do not police this league. This is a league that continually rewards the, the Rays for not ever spending money either. This is a team that continues to let Boston, which has given us the worst type of fans in the world. They continue to let them be good <laughs> despite trading away, you know, bookie bets and all that stuff. Like they, they just don't police the sport. They, they gave us the Padres and maybe Shohei Otani, but otherwise they don't, they don't police it. They're like, if you stink and you are awful, 
congratulations, you're going to win in this sport. Basketball polices itself a little bit. Yeah. Basketball has the karma police come after you every now and then. Uh, if you do some little chicanery or whatever, they, they come after you. I'm telling you, the, the basketball guys, they get you. Baseball doesn't care. So I think Sale is going to come back and he's going to be better than this past two years. That's my prediction. Maybe like a top 25 level starter. I just think everything goes right for Boston. So, but, and I'm not happy to say that, but uh, we'll see what happens. And I hope the White Sox trance them in the playoffs. It's stupid. I hate the Red Sox so much. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. They're the worst. Right. I hate that the locked on hosts here are cool. Like, why couldn't you guys stink too? It'd be so much easier for me to also hate you guys. Just Shout out dunk on them all the time. <laughs> yeah, it would just be so much easier, but they're cool. And it's it's just the worst. And shout out Gabrielle Starr, who used to host Lockdown Red Sox, cool friend of both of ours. Uh, but unfortunately, unfortunately, she's cool. So Lockdown managed to find the only cool Boston fans in the world. So I guess that's a testament to their abilities, but whatever. Man, it's, it's been a blast, man. It did not disappoint our reunion on the podcast whatsoever. I'm very excited about this one. We, we joined forces and uh, we, we made a podcast happen. So that was nice. We did indeed. We did indeed. All righty, man. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. And sip, sip, do da, bingo, everybody. That about does it for my conversation with Jason Burke of Locked On A's. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I know I certainly did. Uh, but before we wrap up today's show, guys, let me just talk to you really quickly about the live NBA draft show going on at Locked On this week. NBA draft GOAT Chad Ford, Locked On NBA draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Krause will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA draft. 2021 brought to you by built bar get local expert analysis on each pick follow lockdown nba on youtube today and watch our live coverage on july 29th at 7 p.m eastern time it's going to be a blast this whole studio and everything be sure to check that out for all my nba heads out there in terms of the future of this podcast well I don't know. It's it's it, a lot of it is going to be dictated based on what happens. By the time you guys are hearing this, the Padres might have made another trade. If they did, I'm sorry because it means I'm asleep right now, probably. And I, you know, or not that I'm asleep, but I went to sleep. You know, after recording this, that makes sense because that's how time works. Uh, but in terms of that, guys, hopefully we'll have some more cool crossovers for you. Depending on what happens, hopefully the Padres will make more moves, and I imagine that they will be. So, uh, yeah. With that all being said, guys, that about does it. For today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Uh, Please give me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app in celebration of Trade Deadline Week. That would be greatly appreciated. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.